and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Joe Milmine, and this is episode 65, National Knitting Week. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Shiny Bees podcast. Today is Wednesday the 7th of October, slightly later than the advertised schedule due to a bout of biological warfare taking place courtesy of my children's nursery. So if you were looking forward to hearing from me yesterday, I do apologise. However, I was not in my usual perky mood and uh, I would have been a little bit disappointing to you, I'm sure. I am fine though now, feeling much better and not used to, I don't normally get ill. I don't normally get ill. The last time I had flu was when I got married. That was like nearly eight years ago, seven years ago. Before that, I think I was about eight years of age. So I don't usually get ill, um, but this appeared to be some sort of biological weapon delivered by my little pink and lovelies uh, direct to my door. It took me down for a little bit, but uh, a couple of cans of Coke and a bottle of Lucasaid later, I am on form and delighted to be back with you all. I hope you have been well since last time I spoke to you. October is here, which means those of you who are coffee addicts can be face down in a puddle of pumpkin spice latte by now, no doubt. And for the rest of us, the tirade of Christmas advertising has begun. John Lewis is already all over it. Everyone's starting to wheel out the advent calendars. It's like months away. Like you're going to buy one now and leave it. As if your kids are not going to eat it in the meantime. You're not going to eat it in the meantime, let's be honest. Even though the chocolate is very low average. Emergency situations dictate that sometimes you may need to raid the advent calendar. Why? Why do it? It's not even been Halloween yet. At one time you used to be able to get Halloween out of the way. And then then you'd get Christmas and by then you think, well, it's November, I'd prefer, I'd prefer it if you left it, I'm not going to lie, another couple of weeks, but fine, you know what, we can roll with that. For those super organised slash highly anxious people who feel the need to get everything over and done with beforehand. But no, it's like, no sooner as Easter finished and they've got Christmas trees up, it's bonkers, really confusing for the small people in your life. So... Yeah, um, I am massively into Christmas. I love Christmas. I love tinsel. I love fairy lights. I have fairy lights up all year. Love Christmas. Don't really feel the need to get into it in the beginning of October, if I'm quite honest. Christmas knits. I know it's a swear word. I know you all don't want to hear it. Don't worry, that'll be the only time I mention it this episode. I can see why you might want to get into those now if you're going to be making a big jumper or something like that or you have a large list of knits you're going to make for people for Christmas. I admire you. I admire your tenacity and your commitment to the task. I don't griff knit. I just don't griff knit. Um, it's too stressful. But that makes sense. You know, you've, that does require an element of planning. Getting a Christmas tree and wanging a load of baubles on it does not need three months of planning unless you are incredibly highly strong. And really, I recommend that you take that time and go and maybe get some therapy if that's the case. Because nobody should be that stressed about Christmas. It's meant to be fun, you know. Family time, Jesus' birthday, turkey, loads of chocolate, put all loads of weight, have a great time. So anyway, 
it is October, Socktober, and there's been lots of socky happenings all over the internet. It's very good fun to see. I'm enjoying lots of people casting on for various sock knit alongs and looking at all of your pictures on Instagram. It's uh, been quite good fun. Thank you to all of you that have got in touch with me since the last show. I am conscious there's a couple of you I still have to get back to. I've not, I'm not ignoring you because I'm not rude. Um, I'm just in the midst of a flurry of planning of everything really. Um, I do have some, uh, some stuff I was planning anyway and I will do those in the parish notices shortly but the other news is, is as of Monday, uh, we're going to be moving house again. In very short order I will be back in the northwest of England by the beginning of next month so Obviously, some preparations are going to need to be made for that. Don't worry, unless I get struck down by Congo, Crammy and hemorrhagic fever. The podcast is intended to stay on its usual schedule. However, um, I am going to be moving, so I may not be around a lot in the rest of the time, unless I need to escape from the terror that is moving. The great news is, is that my husband's going to be away for two and a half of the next four weeks, so it's a solo effort on my part, pretty much. But luckily for me, uh, my mum's coming to visit. She's coming up to Scotland, so I'm sure she will have a field day helping to, inverted commas, organise everything. So that does mean the beach walks will be no more and I'll be in an urban environment in the northwest as of November. However, it does mean I'm going to be a lot closer to everything else. So, yeah, it's a change. Going back to the money pit. The money pit, so expect Pinterest to go mental. I'm going to be buried under a pile of home magazines, I think, just trying to distract myself from the fact we have to move house again. Um, but let's face it, it's going to be like the fifth or sixth home for the podcast. It's not like we don't really move house that often. You know, my house gets dirty, the windows need cleaning, I just get a new one. You know, that's just how we roll up here. So it is very exciting. However, I'm sure at points in the next few weeks, it's going to be a little bit tense, shall we say. But, you know, let's look on the bright side. I have a house, I have stuff to move, I have a roof over my head, I have to worry about emptying my freezer so I'm lucky that I have food in there. Lots of people don't have food or even have freezers so you know, first world problems, Um, I'm sure it's going to be fine. So yeah, don't worry about me, it'll be right and, and then I'll move back to Wigan at which point my accent will revert to what it was before and none of you will have a clue what I'm talking about, especially the Americans which is going to be hilarious. Anyway, on to parish notices. Um, I have set up a newsletter for you all. I know, finally, ages later. I know a lot of you subscribe to the updates from WordPress whenever an episode gets published. However, I thought it was uh, worth setting up a newsletter finally for the podcast and for things to do with the podcast. Got lots of exciting plans coming up over the next few months. And it would be good to be able to get in touch with you all and share them with you on a periodic basis. Clearly, there will be dogs in knitwear in said newsletters, because we all love a comedy dog in knitwear. Um, But it occurred to me when I wanted to say thank you to you all for um, when I won the Most Engaged Audience Award and tell you all what a great award-winning audience you all are, um, that I didn't have a newsletter and therefore that made it slightly difficult to reach everyone particularly those who um, listen to the podcast on a more periodic sort of splurge, binge basis. 
So I will put her sign up um, on the website for the newsletter. So pop along there and join up. And I'll put some links on social media as well and in the show notes for this episode. And then at least it'll be easier for me to keep in touch with you guys and let you know everything that is going on. Going along with that, there's been before the flurry of evil planning about moving house, there was a flurry of evil planning about stuff for the podcast and where we're going to go next. Now that you're an award-winning audience, I'm going to have to up my game somewhat, I feel, um, to keep you all in the manner in which you've become accustomed to. So I am planning a survey. The link for that will be in the show notes as well. And again, I'll promulgate it on all the usual social media stuff. Um, Just about what you think of the podcast really what you want from the podcast what things you would like to know around the podcast you know would you like to all have a massive woolly meetup where we all create a ball pit of yarn and dive into it with wild abandon I'm fairly up for that at this point um or anything else really it's about knowing what you guys think of the show what bits you like what you don't like what you would change what other things you would like to have would you like it to be more often um all that kind of stuff. Would you like super secret squirrel extra episodes of outtakes? Would you like more, even more dogs in comedy knitwear? It's all about dogs in comedy knitwear. Um, then I need to know, and it's very difficult to find that information out without doing a survey. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, survey monkey you to death. I'm gonna do a Google form just to keep it, keep it fresh, you know, keep it out there, and uh, see what you all think. So there will be an incentive for taking part in the survey other than just to get your views known of course which is always good because I'm always keen to know what you guys want and if you are happy or not um I will be doing a giveaway to the people who take part in the survey or you'll get a chance to win um some swag some yarn and some bits and pieces some pattern books and stuff I've got together I'll put all the details in in the blog post for it because I'll do a separate blog post as well for this survey um and if you take part in the survey I'll put you in a random number generator which isn't entirely random I've been told but as random as I can get on a free basis on the internet um then I'll put you in the random number generator to win uh one of those prizes so uh keep your eyes out for that and um, let me know what you think about the show and what other stuff you maybe might quite like to have. So if you have a point where you think, I really wish Joe would do this, now is the time to tell me. If you don't ask, you don't get. So this is your, your chance to tell me what you're after. And finally, on the parish notices. I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram, but we were in the Northern Scot this past week which is the local newspaper for Elgin and the north of Scotland. It was possibly the most surreal experience in my short life. They sent a photo, I sent them a press release to say that we're awesome basically, we won an award and they sent, I had to go into their office and get interviewed and then they sent their photographer around. He was meant to be taking pictures of me in situ. Now bearing in mind, I record this in my spare room slash office. Um, which if you've been on Periscope with me before, you'd have seen in, in intimate detail. It's it's basically a double bed and a, a desk in a room and a really random sink, the world's biggest random sink. And uh, so he comes round and I invite him up to my office, which is actually my spare room, to take pictures of me pretending to record a podcast or so I thought. Now, this gentleman looked not unlike Donald Trump, a lot like Donald Trump, and had the world's 
biggest comedy camera, like massive telephoto lens, proper like paparazzi camera, which I shouldn't have been surprised about because he works for a newspaper. But yeah, after he turned up in this little white kind of, you know, like a little minivan thing. It's like half car, half van with the Northern Scott across the back of it. Um, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I still kind of was. Anyway, he turns up. And, you know, he doesn't want to take a picture of my headset and microphone and me at my computer at my desk looking like professional. He wants he wants knits. He wants knits and wool and knitwear. And he said to me, have you got any knitted stuff? At which point I kind of stifled a guffaw and said, have I got any knitted stuff? What colour do you want? And <laughs> he's like, yeah, loads, loads of colour. I want colour everywhere. I was like, okay. So I emptied my knit straw and gave him that. And then he's like, oh, have you got any wool? Have I got any wool, sir? Step this way. Opens the arm vault. What colour do you want? Uh, just bright ones. I was like, no, really. What? I have every colour under the sun in here. What colour do you actually want? Um, it's like just loads of it. So I got a couple of boxes out. Not that much. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. So I'm there and he has me like with all this yarn out on the bed with my little award and the cheesy kind of, you know, when you get an award and the kids put their, their hands under their chin. And they lean down to like, yay, I've got no, you know, I've got a tooth missing because I'm young, but I've won this gymnastics award. It was just like that. Completely weird. And then he decided that maybe he wanted to do some action shots. So I had to take down a picture that was in my spare room above the bed. And I'm sat on my spare bed with Donald Trump taking pictures with a massive comedy lens. Um like Austin Powers, it was like Donald Trump and Austin Powers had a love child and this was the guy in my spare room and then and then he's like, right, okay, I want you to get all of this wool and sort of throw it up in the air. It was just really random. So I, obviously I did and the first time I threw it too quickly so I had to like throw it again but with, with theatre hands, you know, like slowly let my hands come back down. Whilst he's clicking away with his Austin Powers camera, and I could hear Austin Powers in my head, because obviously I was thinking about it. So I was trying not to laugh at Donald Trump slash Austin. It was hilarious. Anyway, um, really weird, really odd experience. So I made it to page five of the Northern Scott. I have some pictures. I'll put them in the show notes for you. Um, I... <laughs> it was just really random. <laughs> Uh, and then he was busy telling me that he had to go off to um, photograph someone else next uh, who works in the gym. They work in the gymnastics centre here and it's two ladies who are getting married and their dogs are going along to the, the three dogs are going along to the wedding dressed in tuxedos. So the Scott was doing a, a preview, <laughs> a preview to their wedding and they ended up on the front cover uh, in this totally cheesy kind of they're looking through some gymnastic rings and talking about how they're going to be exchanging other rings not gymnastic rings and their dogs are going to their wedding and it was just completely surreal um but yeah I will share that with you just because living in northern Scotland is the best and uh and two girls getting married is front page news <laughs> so yeah it was it was really strange anyway aside from that completely random experience I will take you on to the woolly news section So a bit of woolly news for you then. It is Wool Week this week, 5th 11th of October, which is run by the Campaign for Wool. Which you probably have seen round and about. Um, mostly it seems to be focused in and around London and mostly it seems to be focused in and around high fashion. Um, 
but it's always good to see a bit of woolly love out and about so there are if you are based in london this week then there are a few comedy happenings like a, a flock of sheep on savile row and other stuff going on uh, that's worth checking out on the campaign for wool website but it is also national knitting week and the uk hand knitting association are running a commit to knit little sort of charity drive i guess if you will they're having their website redone at the moment so it's a little bit sparse in detail compared to the old one but one of the features on the old um, uk hand knitting association website was a big list of charities that take knitting of in various forms uh, to help with their fundraising efforts or to help with specific things that they deal with so for instance there are charities that collect little caps for knee, um what are they called when they're born too early premature babies premature babies i know i get there in the end maybe i need some more lucas ed um premature babies there are like sans collects white blankets for babies that die that are still born or die neonatally um there's Nitta Square who collect squares for orphans in Africa and I'll talk about them a bit more in a second. There's all sorts of different charities who take different stuff for different causes essentially and what they want people to do is to commit to knit for one of those charities as part of National Knitting Week. So you can um, sign up to that if you like. The details are on their website and I'll put a link in the show notes as well. The other things that are encouraging people to do is to do some things that encourage people to try knitting. Um, so it might be doing a session at a local library or or whatever else uh, you would like to do. So it hasn't been massively widely publicised. And I think it is being a little bit confused with the Wool Week versus the National Knitting Week. And they're actually doing something together to do a woolly hat day on Thursday that I think is confusing a few people with the message, really. They could probably do to just put them on different weeks um, or publicise it better. But um, there is stuff going on. So if you want to check out any of that, you can go over to the UK Hand Knitting Association website and they will be able to tell you more. Now, the reason I mentioned Knitter Square in particular, Knitter Square has been mentioned on the podcast before, way back in the single digit episodes. They are a charity that knits squares for AIDS orphans in Africa. And they take squares basically of, of 8 inches by 8 inches, 20 by 20 centimetres for those of us in the metric revolution. And um, they get knitted together in South Africa and given to... Um, orphaned and vulnerable children. As you all know, South Africa is a place that is very dear to my heart, having lived there for two years and worked in a charity project and seen firsthand um, the level of abject poverty that, that some of these kids live in and the, the challenges they're facing, just in terms of food security and water and um, health. And the impact that AIDS has in that country is is just mind-boggling, frankly, uh, and it's a really complex issue that the government is and the health agencies are working very hard on to try and turn around, and they are having some success in in some areas. Um, however, a lot of the children are fallouts from kind of previous growth of the AIDS epidemic and um, 
there's just a lot of them there's so many of them there's 500 more every day and um knit square they collect uh, blankets and beanies and little jumpers and they go and give these out um in south africa in various places that need this help now they do quite well for squares they get two and a half thousand to five thousand squares a week at the moment although they've just asked people not to send any more because there's another postal strike on in south africa um and what they do is these squares are sorted at their headquarters in Johannesburg, well, Randberg, and then they are taken out to the different townships, etc. And um, they have a little army of gogos, which are, are, they are grannies. They are grannies. Quite often what's what's happened um, in South Africa is the grannies end up looking after the babies because the middle generation um, have been the one that's been worst hit by HIV AIDS and they've actually started to kind of, the population pyramid sort of gone into a bit of a wave because they've been dying prematurely from um, HIV, AIDS or um, related illnesses to that. And then the children are left and the grannies have got to look after them. Um, so the, the charity gets the grannies um, employment because they allow them to sew up the blankets in the country and they don't get paid a massive amount, but they do get paid um to do it and it obviously gives them a bit of kind of income and self-esteem really and so you know allowed them allows them to kind of be a bit more self-sufficient so what they need at the moment basically is donations of money to fund the storage and transport of the blankets and to pay the goggles um, to sew up the squares so um, I will put a link in the show notes to that and you can go and have a look at all the work that they do and um, the Golden Skin we, we're actually sponsoring them at the moment so we send them um, money every month you can do like a monthly recurring payment um, of however many there's different dollar amounts you can pay or you can do like a one-off payment um, but all the money goes towards that. They don't They don't have any staff. All the staff are volunteers, apart from the goggles, because they get paid, obviously, because it's it, they want to help um, women become self-sufficient. That's part of their mandate, so they do pay them. Um, but if you want to support that, you can go over there and do so. Like I said, the Golden Skin will be supporting that for a year um, because I think it's important to give money to charity or support charity where you can. Nobody ever got poor from giving to other people so um i like to put my money where my mouth is as if you will and they're one of the charities that the golden skin supports so go over there and check them out they're doing some they're doing some really good stuff they're actually sending a lot of they're redirecting a lot of blanket squares to syria because um the the, the syrian children need them and they're just like well we've got we've got laws coming in we'll actually de- redirect some for now and send a little package of blankets over to try and help them so they don't even just, you know, help in their own country. They try and help other people. And I think that's really important. So, yeah, it's cool. We like a good charity knitting story. And on to more local stuff for those in the north of Scotland. We have the Highland Woolen Textile Fair, which will be taking place in Inverness on the 17th of October at Eden Court. So you can walk there from the train station. It is between 10 and 4. And you can find more details at highlandwoolandtextiles.co.uk. Finally, in Woolly News, Madame Knit British, friend of the podcast, lovely Louise, is doing a breed swatch along. I mentioned this briefly a few weeks ago, but it has cast on this week. There's still loads of time to take part. And 
for those of you who went to uh, Edinburgh Yarn Festival or listened to Louise's podcast, she's a bit into the British wool. Spoiler. Um, but she did a swatch uh, challenge with Blacker Yarns at Edinburgh Yarn Festival in the podcast lounge and it generated loads of interest. She basically got a lot of different breed yarns from Blacker and knitted them up and washed them so that she could try and help educate people about the different properties that different breed wools have and celebrate everything woolly and British because that's what she's all about and always has been all about, um, which is brilliant. She's a proper champion for British wool and the British wool industry in general. That's her her big thing. And um, the idea is to try out some new to you breeds, which can be British if you're in Britain, or they can be local if you are abroad. And she's going to be collating all the data afterwards. So there's like a set of instructions. It's almost like a study. And you're going to be making all your own notes about it, washing it, drying it, trying it, seeing how it feels in your hands, seeing how it performs when you knit it, all that kind of good stuff. And then she's going to collate all of this together into a resource for people who want to try different breeds, but maybe are a little bit scared of doing so because they don't really understand how the different fibres perform. So they tend to just stick to what they know, which might be about as exciting as BFL and probably Merino. They're maybe not going to consider trying one of the other breeds that could bring some really great properties to the finished item just because of a lack of confidence. So... She's all about education and helping us all appreciate our British breeds more. And she certainly blagged me into doing so and trying some different things that I wouldn't have gone for necessarily before. I'm sure I'd have got her at some point, but possibly not quite as quickly if I hadn't had her foot stuck firmly at my backside. Um, And I'm all the better for it, frankly. So, you know me, I love my hand-dyed, I like my nice merinos, I like my BFLs. Um, there's nothing wrong with any of those, but sometimes, you know, you might want to try something a little bit different and that's what she wants to help you to do. So if you want to take part in that, there is a big blog post that explains it all over on Knit British and I will link to that in the show notes, but I think it's going to be a really interesting project to take part in. There's lots to be learned there. Um, and hopefully you'll come away with a bit of knowledge and some impetus to try some new British breeds. So, on to Yarndale chat. So, as you were all aware, I went off to Yarndale the weekend before last, which was down in Skipton in Yorkshire. I think I've mentioned before, Yarndale is not my favourite show. However, I went along anyway. And um, it was quite good. It was quite better than I expected, actually. Um, I don't know what it is about it. There's nothing wrong. There's not on on the surface. There's nothing wrong with it. There's loads of stalls. There's loads of variety. It's easy to get to for my mum's. Yeah, I can't put my finger on what it is that I don't love about it. Um. But I don't. Anyway, that's not the point of the re- of the review or all the stuff I've got to chat to you about. Anyway, I know a lot of you guys did, and it was lovely to meet some of you in person. For those of you, Hannah, who saw me and didn't kind of tap me on the shoulder or stop me, that was bad. You must do that because if I see you, I will literally run up and stop you in the middle of the aisle, 
and do something random that's just what I do so if you did see me and I didn't see you I, I do apologize um it was really busy but I was very pleased to meet a few of you in person and some of you with lovely kiddies as well who were there and um, see all of your lovely purchases which is the main thing obviously I was really good I was proper good girl Um, I only bought one skein of yarn which was from five moons who are a bit of a weakness of mine they're a bit of a weakness of a few people's it would seem um, and they don't go to that many shows so normally it's kind of easy to avoid it but they do go to Yarndale every time and I tried I proper tried to walk past I don't know what happened there was a freak gust of wind I fell into the stall and then I woke up two days later with a skein of yarn that's just what happened um but I was dead good I bought some iron weight so that doesn't really count because I don't really have any iron or very little iron at least in in the stash and I had a plan for it straight away and I thought I've wanted it for ages this colorway I wanted it for ages and I've been really good so I will buy it there's me justifying myself to you guys on the podcast so it was a skin of Diana Aaron from five moons in the colorway vermin light which is quite a silvery grey colour. I put a picture on Instagram. The people tended to approve, so that was good. Um, Vermin, because they have another one called Vermin, is a slightly browner grey. I don't really like that one because it does remind me of Rat, Um, but Vermin Light is beautiful. So I got one of those and they had a variety of absolutely gorgeous stuff as usual. They have a a way of doing the lighting on the stall that just sucks you in massively, like they put little lights on that shine on the skins and they've all got silk in and before you know it, you know, that's it, food money's gone. So they're always one to check out. They have got an online shop, um, but as I said, they don't go to an awful lot of shows, uh, which is, is, is good for all of us, really. I got some wooden buttons as well from the Border Tart at Lindsay. I think it's Lindsay. I'm pretty sure it's Lindsay. Um, who specialises in dyeing with indigo. So she also has a lot of indigos and blue yarns, but she had loads of little wooden buttons. So I got some starry wooden buttons from her that are really nice that I'm hoping if the pink sparkly buttons don't quite work on the Lush cardigan for the beast, then these wooden ones will. So they were a bargain. So I got some of those. And I also got some little knitting themed notelet cards from the knitting gift shop with a little, there's one with a a weaving picture on a loom. There was one with a knitting, some description on it. Um, But they were only like 60 pence each. So I thought they were a bit of a bargain because if you're doing swaps and things, it's nice to put a little card in there and it's nice to have a little knitting themed card if you can. So... I jumped all over those. There was some woman who was a little bit aggressive in that stall, though. She like pushing past me. I'm like, dude, it's a knitting show. We don't we don't scrap, darling. That's what we do. Um, but I got some of those. Uh, they are online as well. The knitting gift shop. Uh, so I would check them out. They had some notepads as well. Little like notepads that had knitting themed stuff on, which again would be really good for swaps. So if you're looking for little fillers or stocking fillers for knitty knitterly friends for Christmas, or if your knit group's doing a secret Santa. Um, I'm not talking about Christmas, by the way. <laughs> they would be a good uh, shop to check out, the knitting gift shop. I also got uh, some quite a lot of socks. 
it's a bit of a thing now for for Millie. He wants me to knit him hand knitting socks. I've hand knitted him one pair of socks before, but he wants me to knit him more, and I've not. So I've got like this guilt about not knitting him socks. So I tend to buy him socks from shows when I go to alleviate the guilt, sort of distract him until I can knit him another pair. And last, at the beginning of September, I went to London. I got him a load of cotton socks from John Arburn. And then this time I got him a pair from UK Alpaca, the Charleston Alpaca socks. It was stripy blue ones, very nice. But I also got some lovely thick woolly socks from Laura's Loom for him as well. So they were my sort of purchases. Uh, they're quite, I mean, they're quite reasonable because they're, they're all British wool or British alpaca and they're nice and I think one pair was about a tenner, one pair was 12 quid. You pay that for the yarn anyway, so especially size 13 feet. So, you know, you're going to, um, you're going to pay that anyway for the yarn. So I was like, yeah, happy, crack on. So he's quite pleased. He's got warm feet. In fact, he's refused to wear the Laura's Loom one yet because they're, they're too woolly. It's not cold enough for those yet. Um... But they were the that was some of the purchases. So really restrained, I thought. Really restrained. I do have some as always because I can't go through hundred and fifty odd stalls. Um, and it was big again this year. There were a lot of stalls, which is good, but massively overwhelming. Um, it's nice to see a lot of smaller regional stalls there, and a lot of the usual suspects as well. But there were about five or six aisles, which was good in that it spreads everything out, but it's bad in that it just feels massive. And I was there for two days. And granted, I did spend half of one day working on Susan Crawford's stall to help her out, but it was just a little bit much, even for me, and I'm quite a lively person. So if you're someone who gets overwhelmed easily, probably not for you. Or go for a couple of hours and know where you're going to, basically. Don't just throw yourself into the crowd but I've got some top people to check out from that event that sort of stuck out to me that I thought you guys would like the first of which is Rachel Coopy who had her toasty volume 2 on display it that is a collection of nine patterns um, with lots of geometric color work and design in those there were a load of hats with pom-poms on who can resist a pom-pom let's be honest um, and then a couple of other little accessories to go with it. She tells me she has a range of her own yarn coming out, but all of that is designed in Baram Utitis, who were handily placed across the aisle from her. But definitely one to check out. They were really nice looking hats. Um, certainly the kind of stuff that bridges the Amanita and the fashion aspect. They were really good. So I would have a look at her stuff. That was Coop Knits Volume 2. Oh, no, Toasty. Toasty Volume 2, sorry. She has so many books. The next one was Tone and Alpacas. I'm a bit in love with these guys at the moment. I almost had a nasty accident with some of their pure natural alpaca DK in the colourway Pewter, which is a lovely sort of light grey, as you would expect from the name Pewter. It is just beautiful it comes in at nine pounds a ball and i really really wanted some i really wanted some to knit something for millie maybe even a jumper but given his performance lately with alpaca jumpers i think that is completely out of the question he shrunk the beasts knew 
Alpaca jumper, baby alpaca jumper, knitted by Victoria off of Even Cottage Yarns, by hand, shrunk it, wasn't even dirty, put it in the washer, it wasn't even dirty, he put it in the washer, and felted it, won't even fit Barbie, it's like some kind of bad mohair nasty accident now, it's like brushed mohair, it's like rock hard, she's not happy, I'm not happy, he's got his mum to knit her a new one, so I don't think he deserves a jump. I don't know what you guys think, but I don't think he deserves a jump. Can you imagine? He's an extra large. He's huge. He's like six foot four. Nine quid a ball. And he's going to shrink it, isn't he? He's going to felt it. So I might get him an acrylic one. Um, but anyway, that's nothing to do with turning out alpacas. Just a bit of low-level rage there for my feckless husband. But they also have a gorgeous range of various luxury blends that they're doing. A silk cashmere and alpaca blend that's being hand-dyed on the farm. And all of their own yarns is are produced using British companies and British spun in British mills. And some of the alpaca that isn't the right grade to be alpaca yarn by itself gets blended with local Shetland or BFL to make alpaca blends. So, super, super British there. And they are in the Lake District, I think, from memory. Pretty sure it's the Lake District. So definitely want to check out, if you're into your British stuff and you want to support British industry, they've got the big fat British tick from me. Last, but by absolute no means least, is Laura's Loom. And she's lovely. She's such a nice lady. I met her and her daughter, had a lovely chat. Bought some socks, almost bought a scarf, almost bought a throw. Said I was going to come back. Luckily, ran out of time because it could have been really expensive. Um, just because she's got so much gorgeous stuff, frankly. Um, she does her own range of yarns. Uh, she does blankets that are woven, some by her, some by... Um, another weaver in Scotland, she has some scarves, she has socks, there's loads of variety and it's all British. So again, a big fat British tick there. It's uh, She's based in the York, Yorkshire Dales, but as I said, some of her products are woven by someone else in Scotland. Um, but she does some really nice throws, so I can definitely see a couple of those finding their way with my other collection of wool throws into uh, the money pit. So go ahead and check her out. That is Laura's Loom. I will put links to all three of these in the show notes um, so that you're able to go and find them. So they were my top three standout people from Yarndale. It is going to be on next year. They've announced it already. I probably will be going because I live in, in Wigan by then, won't I? It's only around the corner. So I will be going over next year. Um... But yeah, that's really, it's the last sort of really big show for this year. It's certainly the last show for this year for me. <laughs> um, but what were your favourites? If you went to Yarndale, who were your big guys? Come over into the thread for this episode on Ravelry and let me know because I might well have missed them because it was so big and there was definitely a couple of people I did miss and I saw them on the way and thought, and I had to stop and say, hi, sorry I missed you for the entire weekend. Um because I really hadn't wanted to miss them. So if you guys have got any favourites or any top people that you thought stood out that you can share with all of us and our international audience as well, then pop into Ravelry and into the group and let me know. So after this, I think it's a bit of whipping Piccadilly. Whipping Piccadilly. It's been a while, but I've been finishing some stuff. Um, A couple of things I have finished and have mentioned to you in brief 
where the owl's jumper that is now officially finished it is a pattern by kate davies a few people on instagram have been asking me for the pattern it's owls by kate davies you can get it on ravelry you can get a little version called owlet so you can have matching mummy and baby knitwear i need to knit some in fact, i'll put them on my, my future list as well i need to knit another couple for the beast and sanimal for this winter it's already been requested by her britannic majesty hopefully her feckless father will not shrink the next one but yeah it's good i knitted it in rowan british sheep breeds chunky which i don't think has any british sheep breeds in it at all i think it was just a big marketing ploy but it's been discontinued anyway now and um it was nice that the yarn is actually nice to knit with and uh, it seems to be wearing reasonably well i've been hammering it to be honest i've had it on loads i got some buttons from textile garden and have decided to adorn three owls with eyes one of which has red eyes because it's an evil owl and two of which have gray eyes which has added a bit of interest to the owl patterned yoke that is on there and the rest of it is just stocking stitch the shaping is quite nice and uh, seems to work quite well what i didn't do and probably should have done is measure up beyond the measurements given on the schematic i didn't measure things like the size circumference of my wrist or really the size of my arms and I just did the size that came with the size of the rest of me that was probably a bit of a mistake um, because the sleeves are a little bit baggy that is no fault of the pattern I've just got quite skinny wrists and small arms I'm only five foot three um and the rest of me is somewhat generous in proportion to, to the, the width of my arms. So the rest of it fitted really well. So if I knit it again, obviously I would take it down a little bit more tapering on the old uh, sleeve so that it's tighter on the wrist because it is loose and you can see it. Um, that being said, it's to still totally wearable. I'm just a bit fussy um, and I could you know I could just undo it and do them again but I don't want to so it's a notice for next time but and that is a good thing because it means I will knit it again obviously and I will be knitting it again it isn't a long pattern this has been on the needles for about three years um but it isn't a long pattern this version was only on for a couple of months and definitely if you're committed and just knit on one thing you could you could have it done in a week easy not even knitting full time you know just in the evenings and stuff um and on the weekends you'd easily have it done so that is owls by kate davies it is available via ravelry and the matching mini pattern is owlet it's very cute um the next one i finished is the out of darkness shawl which was the shawl of awesome by boo knits this is another paid pattern it's available on ravelry and it is a beaded and lace shawl that comes with a variety of different options you can either do a stocking stitch border stocking stitch body with the lace border or you can do a garter stitch body with the lace border and a lot of people have been in touch actually about this shawl and about the knitting of lace shawls in particular and asking questions about whether it was hard and saying that they would quite like to have a go at lace knitting but they don't know where to start they're too scared to use beads um because they think it'll be fiddly and a pain in the backside and they don't want to use 100% silk because they're a bit worried about how that will come out and whether it will block and hide all of the you know sort of mistakes as well as a wool wood and there's been quite a few questions around it which I will talk about 
in a bit more detail later. Um, but I found it to be a super enjoyable knit, not least because I was knitting it for you guys, but also, well, for you guys, I'm, I'm going to keep it because I can't share it between all of you, but it was my half of the deal uh, with the UK Podcasters Award and it's my first proper boo shawl. I've got a lot of her shawls in my library, but I haven't knitted any of them yet. There's a lot of stuff in my library I haven't knitted yet. And this was all a, a full from stash project, stash bees, stash yarn, stash project, loving it. And it was really straightforward. I haven't knitted a massive number of lace shawls. Um, probably, this is probably my second or third proper lace shawl. I've only ever done two beaded projects. This is the second one. Um, so you don't need to be a complete genius to be able to do it. And I'm not in the habit of just going, oh yeah, it's easy. So you all feel bad. It is easy. The reason why I think I found it easy is because... When I did my other lace project, I did a lot of reading and research into how to do lace. What all the, all the little cheats and things, not cheats, but like good technique things that you can do to make it easier, like putting in a lifeline. If it goes wrong, then you just rip back to your lifeline. You're not ripping the whole thing back because fixing lace isn't necessarily the most straightforward of things. Although there are classes that you can take that will teach you how to fix lace. And now I can actually see it and I can fix it. And I'm only on my second one, so it's not not impossible stuff to learn and using stitch markers to mark all the repeats so that you're only counting each repeat of 12 or 16 or whatever it is because that's all they are it's just the same thing repeated over and over again it might be a 300 odd stitch row but it's the same thing repeated over and over again so you don't need to be frightened of it you just need to use stitch markers and um finding a good way of, of putting the beads on that works for the way you're knitting or the project you're knitting is another big thing. Um, I use the crochet hooks. They work perfectly for the size of 0.75 millimeter hook versus the size five Miyuki triangle beads because I'm all about the big beads. Boo likes the big beads too, she told me. Um, just, you know, it's, it is really straightforward. It's just a little kind of flipping them off one onto the other, carry on knitting. And you either knit the stitch first and then put the bead on or you put the bead on, then you knit the stitch. It's not, there's not that many ways you can do it. Do you know what I mean? It's not, don't make it any more complicated than you need to. So I'll come on to more of that. I've sort of pre-blurbed my blurb for later there a little bit. But essentially, if you're looking at starting knitting lace or knitting with beads or both, because you don't have to put the beads in this shawl, you could do it without the beads if you want to and just knit the lace. Um, it's totally achievable. It's all split down into sections so you can have a little rest afterwards. It's all really clear on what you need to do. She's got charts and she's got written. A lot of people are scared of charts as well. I didn't used to use charts, but I do now and I actually prefer them now because it looks just like what your knitting looks like. <laughs> so it's easier. Um, but again, if you've not used them and you're used to doing it one way, a lot of people don't want to change because they just want to knit stuff and get it done. They don't necessarily want to learn a new way of knitting stuff. When they already know one way of doing it, they'd sooner just knit something that will be quicker. Depends on what you knit for. So the pattern is totally recommended. And she has a mystery knit along at the moment, but I'm stopping myself from taking part in it. That's just started for this month. Um, but it's definitely recommended as a first or second lace project and a beaded project as well. It's the same with anything else in knitting. If it goes wrong, rip it out. Use a lifeline, use stitch markers, anything questions um 
<laughs> but yeah, do it. If you've got some nice yarn, just get it out. Get it out and use it. Ongoing things then. Um, I've nearly, so totally nearly finished the little lush for the beast that I was knitting in Adria Film Mirage. Beautiful. I think it's 50% or 55% acrylic, 45% wool or some some blend around that. It is neon pink and um, this whole project's going to come in at under a tenner basically, which is amazing. And she loves it. She's dead excited. She's tried it on already. And the pattern, as I say, is Lush by Tin Can Knits. I've knitted it before. I'll knit it again several more times. And this time I'm doing the little version. There are a couple of errors in there. And I did have a bit of a boo-boo on the train and knitted almost a whole sleeve and had to rip the whole thing back because I reduced it down to the, the tapered part. The lower part of the arm is tapered by like four stitches from the upper part. And I just went straight to the 44 stitch rather than the 48. Ripped it out, never mind. Um, but the yarn rips very well, I'm pleased to say. So I've only got the uh, literally two more rounds of one of the cuffs and then the ball, um, the button bands to put on for that. And then obviously I'm going to do the old grow grain ribbon on the back because she does pull at things a lot, so it will need stabilising. And then we're away, loving it. It's a great pattern. I've extolled the virtues of this pattern many many times before if you get this pattern you will knit it more than once you will definitely get your money's worth out of it it's a really pretty pattern it's very easy to follow and the only thing that i have from owls and lush and it is due to the construction because it's a seamless construction is like when you knit socks those annoying little holes that you get when you go from knitting the body and you pick up stitches again under the arms to knit the arm and you always get where you pick it up you always get holes on the front and the back there are several different ways of getting rid of them and I'm going to put a post together about or talk about how I've, how I've done it. I've done it different ways on each one. Some Sometimes you can use extra stitches and pick up extra stitches then knit them together to get rid of it or on my owl's jumper I've actually sewn around it when I've, I've woven in the edges I've sewn around the stitches to pull it together so that it's not there anymore um, but if you guys have got any top tips on that or ways that you use to get rid of those annoying holes then uh, let me know in the Ravelry group and we'll put all of those in as well because I'm all about making it easy for you guys so that is Whipping Piccadilly um, Future Knits Future Knits planned I've got Frost at Midnight planned by Kate Davies which is the beaded uh, yoked cardigan in laceway. I have the yarn for that now. I got some BFL silk from Old Maiden Ant, which has arrived. One of my dogs did chew it slightly, but luckily did not damage the yarn. Otherwise, I would have damaged him. Uh, it's a bit vicious with a postman, so that's planned. I've swatched for raindrops by Tin Can Knits, which is a lovely um, sweater pattern. I've got the yarn for Oligan by Kate Davies. This is knit double, chunking it double on 9mm needles. So think about how quickly you're going to get that stuff out of stash. All over that boy. And I've already swatched for Malone by Anne Kingston as well. But I was thinking, even though I've planned all of this stuff um, in that I want to do, would there be any interest in a bead along? A beaded knit along from you guys? Anyone who wants to try knitting with beads and is a bit frightened. Anyone who wants to try knitting lace with beads and is a bit frightened. We could do it. 
we could do a knitted bead along because there's a few of you messaging me about it which makes me concerned that some of you are scared of it and we don't want to be scared of any knitting stuff so if there is um, come along I'll, put, I'll open a thread in Ravelry for this as well and if there is interest then we can pick a few patterns and um, maybe we'll pick like two or three and we could all knit on it together maybe do a nice little me along bead along beautiful shawl for the festive season didn't notice that it said the c word um or something like that it's totally achievable if i can knit a lace shawl in a month you guys certainly can for sure so let me know if that's something you guys are interested in and we could get all of that bad boy i'm gonna knit a boo shawl obviously i'm a bit in love with her so yeah that is my roundup of what i'm knitting what i've finished and what my next knits are at least likely to be and come along and let me know what you think about the bead along it would be be quite a good laugh i reckon quite a good laugh so i think we better wrap up so i'm afraid that's all we've got time to for lots of jojo chatter for you there this week and if for those of you that's missed just me wittering on about random stuff i hope that will have somewhat satisfied your need for random joe trivia and We've got some exciting stuff coming up over the next few weeks, some more interviews and reviews and all that kind of stuff for you to look forward to. So in the meantime, don't forget to head on over to the website and shine up, shine up, shine up, <laughs> sign up for the uh, newsletter and also uh, get yourself over and do that survey and let me know what you all think. And I hope you will all have a lovely week. Happy crafting. And I will speak to you all again, my lovely award-winning audience, very soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog. Or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided by Music Alley and it is Adam and the Walter Boys and I Need a Drink. I need a drink.